Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today, I'm bringing on another guest who's also a YouTuber, someone whose videos I've been watching. Her name is Victoria Zimmerman, but you might know her as Femhead. Victoria is the creator of Femhead, which is all about empowering people with the knowledge and understanding of their menstrual cycles. So yes, we're going to talk about menstrual cycles, the female body, all this info that we're not usually taught in schools, which I think is a shame. So hopefully today you're going to learn something new about about yourself. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Same. I'm so excited to get to talk to you after watching your videos for a while now. Uh, The same for me too. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. So let's start with your story. I'm curious how you became so passionate about like the female body, menstrual cycles, all of this info. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was definitely your standard teenage girl who hated her period thought it was very unfair and you know why do girls have to get this and boys don't so looking back at myself at that age it's kind of funny to see where I am now but Mm -hmm. it all kind of came about after I graduated from college I got really into nutrition and kind of finally started paying attention to what I was putting into my body and how that was making me feel and then from there I just kind of started looking further into what else I was putting into my body or doing to my body and how that was making me feel. And there was just this, it just kept coming up Mm. to, you know, being on hormonal birth control. And I just felt like there was something, something there and something that it was, that was doing to my body that wasn't the best. And so I just kind of dove into that Mm -hmm. world for myself to just find the answers that I was searching for. And I discovered so many amazing things and I found myself just wanting to share it with as many people as possible. And I'm sure my friend group could tell you, like, I went on and on and on. I still do. I just made them (laughs) sit there and listen to me. (laughs) Yeah. So what? how long ago was this when you started to, like, learn all of these new things? It was, like, the summer of 2013, we'll say. Oh, wow. And when did you start your YouTube channel? Was it afterward? Mm -hmm, Yeah. So my YouTube channel, I finally, like, bit the bullet and started it in 2015 after you know mm-hmm. questioning myself for a long time of should I do this and will anyone yeah. want to see it but I'm obviously very happy I went forward and did it. Let's talk about that transition period because I know a lot of listeners they're in that state where they want to start a YouTube channel but they're scared mm. or I don't know so what was that like like you had a message did you know what you wanted to share about? Yeah I just you know I felt like I was learning a lot of things and it were just really fascinating to me. And it was things that I felt like we should have already been taught in school or, you know, maybe by our parents or something like that. And that knowledge just wasn't out there. And Mm -hmm. I'm second guess myself so often. And so it took a long time for me to just convince myself that this was a worthwhile step. And, you know, I've watched YouTube for a long time and convincing myself that I could be a quote unquote YouTuber and I just didn't feel like I kind of had that personality, but eventually I was just like, just buy a camera and go for it. It doesn't matter if no one watches your videos. I started it because it was more of a way for me to force myself to put myself out there because I have such a problem with that. I'm I'm an introvert in that way. 
but it was a way for me to just say, right, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to start and who knows where Mm -hmm. this is a go, but I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And I'm sure you found the confidence as you kept creating videos, right? Because that's how it was for me. I was, Mm. I'm also an introvert and naturally shy. So, so yeah, like making videos helps you build your confidence. Oh, definitely. I, I just think back to, you know, those first videos when it was so awkward to sit there and talk to a camera and talk to absolutely no one, but you have to act <laughs> like you're talking to an audience. And mm-hmm. I've definitely gotten a lot more confident with that, but I'm still like, even though I've been doing this for a while, I still can't film when people like are around me. I haven't made it past yeah. that point, but I'm good. And if it's just me and I'm all alone, like I can talk like I'm talking to a group of people, but if there's like one person in the other room, I get inside my head. <laughs> yeah. And can I just ask you about your process really quick? Because I'm always curious mm-hmm. how other YouTubers do it. Like, how do you prepare for your videos? Like, how long does it take for you to shoot a video? Yeah. So I kind of start my preparation process for all of my content, like the previous month. So I will go through and kind of as topics or ideas come to mind, I'll, I have like a list that I keep um, and then I'll make that into a content calendar so I know what every blog post and every video is going to be about before the monthly event starts before I you know start any of that process which I found like having a content calendar was such a turning point and you know running your own business for me yeah so I have it all planned out beforehand and then I just kind of work through creating the notes for it um, doing any research I need and kind of coming up with like an outline of what I'm going to talk about in the video and then once I get to that point it's just a matter of sitting down and filming it and depending on if I'm like tongue-tied that day or whatever it usually takes me about 15 minutes and then editing oh that's not bad yeah 15 minutes is quick (laughs) yeah I would say for the majority of my videos it's just me sitting down I'd love to get into like you know where you have b-roll and you cut away to different shots but most of the time Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just gonna sit down and talk and I find that that's easiest for me Yeah. All right. So let's move back to talking about body literacy, because I'm sure I'm there's a lot that I don't know and our audience doesn't know as well. So let's start with like, what are the common misconceptions about the female body? Mm, Yeah. So I think one of the most surprising things to me and one of the points where I was in which I was like, I don't know anything about my body was at the age of 21 was when I realized that I wasn't like fertile throughout the Mm -hmm. month I thought up until the age of 21 that it didn't matter you know at what point in your cycle like if you had sex you could get pregnant and so that was just I remember figuring that out and just being like how do I not know that and then I think another big thing is you know the just the different phases to your cycle and for me before I learned anything it was very much like your when you had your period and when you didn't have your period but there's, there's so mm-hmm. much that happens in between your periods. And I think if you can learn about that and you can kind of like harness the power, it sounds really yeah. silly, but if you're aware of it, it makes, it just makes your cycle and your period and everything so much easier. Interesting. Let's get into that. Like, I want you to explain in, in detail or like, what are these cycles that we go through? Mm-hmm. So your, your menstrual cycle starts with your period. Um, And that lasts, you know, anywhere from three to seven or eight or whatever days it is for you. And then from there, you go into what's called your follicular phase. And this is just, you know, the period of time in between the end of your period and when you ovulate. Um, And then from there, it's obviously Mm -hmm. when you ovulate. 
And then after that, it's called your luteal phase. And that's in between the time of ovulation and when your period starts again. And I read this really interesting book and I have it on my shelf. And it's called The Optimized Woman. And it kind of talks about your strengths and weaknesses in each of those phases. Whoa. And yeah, I can share that with you. But that was really just eye-opening for me to realize that even though you may have a weakness in one phase, that doesn't mean it's a bad phase. You have, you know, you have these strengths in each that you can rely on or you can focus more on. And you just, you know, you look at your weaknesses as, okay, that's just, you know, maybe I need to avoid being very social at this point in my cycle or, you know, making any big commitments or changes and just kind of having Why that is knowledge. That? Why do you have strengths and weaknesses during these phases? Is it hormonal or? Yeah, I would say, you know, hormonal and just kind of just, you know, your estrogen and progesterone, especially at the end of your cycle, progesterone kind of kicks up and that just makes you kind of, kind of go into this reflective sort of meditative state and you just kind of need to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can look back on the month before and kind of look at what went well, what didn't go well and make a plan for the following month. I have a friend who she once told me, that women's periods or menstrual cycles used to be synced up with the moon. Have you heard anything related to that? Yeah, definitely. So there's kind of the standard, let me, I always get these mixed up, but the standard cycle is you ovulate with the full moon and you bleed with the new moon. And that's called a white moon cycle or a white cycle. And if you're the opposite, you what did I just say? You ovulate with the new moon, <laughs> new moon and you bleed with the full moon. Um, and it said that if you have kind of the standard, the standard one where you ovulate with the full and bleed with the new, that's more your your nurturing and your mothering. And if you have the opposite wow. cycle, the red moon cycle, that's you're more creative and focused on developing yourself uh, rather than you know mothering or nurturing someone or something else. And you said it was the white moon versus red moon. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, that's that's so interesting. I just love like the connection of that because it makes you feel like I it just empo- feels empowering mm-hmm. as a woman that our bodies are of nature and we're all connected in this weird way, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, throughout your life you'll switch between you know, both both of the cycles and so women yeah. will when they're younger, maybe be in the red moon cycle and when they're focused on developing themselves and then they can switch into mm-hmm. the white moon cycle and the mother. Yeah, yeah, ready to enter into that period of life of motherhood and whatever it may be. And so I always think that's interesting. Wow. So you obviously like track your cycle really closely, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what that looks like? You know, you just explain that whole process. Yeah. So the most basic version of charting cycle is tracking what's called your basal body temperature and your cervical fluid. And so it sounds complicated and I think overwhelming for people when they first hear about it, but it's super simple. So how that works in my day-to-day life is right when I wake up and my alarm goes off, I pop in a basal thermometer and I take my temperature and then I click that into my charting app. And then throughout the day, I'll just kind of check my cervical fluid a couple times and also put that into Mm. um, my app as well. And those are the two signs where that's what I base, you know, where I am in my menstrual cycle and whether I'm fertile or not on. But then from there, you can Mm -hmm. chart so many other things, you know, your mood, your sleeping habits, whether you're like crampy or a lot of different things. Right. Does it have to be like the same time every morning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I would say with with the main things, the temperature and the fluid, it's 
it's very, very helpful to be as consistent as possible. But, you know, yeah. obviously things change. You, you people travel and, you know, you're not going to always every single day be able to do it at the same time for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But just trying to be as consistent as possible. And then if something does come up, you know, and you wake up a few hours later or you're in a different time zone, you just yeah. make note of that as well. So you just like convert it to whatever time zone you're in. Yeah. <laughs> if you travel. Yeah. So can you share like what your tool is called and what app you're using? Mm, yeah. So I use, I've tried a couple different apps, but my favorite that I'm currently using is an app called Kindara. And Kindara. Yeah, Kindara. And it's a okay. cycle charting app. And I've tried, I've tried other ones, but I think for the purpose of charting your cycle, as like a form of natural birth control. I like that one because you can, it has the a place where you can put in your temperature, you can put in your fluid and you can put in custom data. So you can track as many random thing as you, things as you want. Um, and then it mm-hmm. gives you kind of a chart view. And then that's where you can see the pattern of your fluid and your temperature. And you can, you know, do all, do all yeah. the fancy charting things in there. Wow. So are you like a firm believer that like this charting method is very like accurate in terms of like birth control Mm, yeah so when I first started I was very well when I first heard of it I was very very hesitant and it took me Mm -hmm. probably about a year to finally get off the pill and you know go full force into this but I've been using it for mm, four years now and I haven't had had any issues it's definitely you know the the sex ed quote of you know the only thing that is 100% accurate is abstinence but right the symptothermal method, which is what I use with the, the, you know, the combination of the temperature and the fluid, that is very close to on par with the accuracy of the pill. So I'm very confident wow. in it. But I would say yeah. the thing that people are kind of hesitant about is there's a bit more room for user error because you have to be consistent. And yeah. if you are in your fertile phase, you have to either abstain from sex or use some sort of barrier method like a condom. And I don't know, sometimes people aren't right. very trusting of other people, but I think that as long as you want to learn how to mm-hmm. use it and do it correctly, anyone can do it. Yeah. And just to clarify for listeners out that they might get confused <laughs> about this whole method, mm. can, can you explain a fertility awareness method yeah. and just like clarify how how many days were fertile, all of that. Yeah, so FAM or fertility awareness method, it like that actually refers to the symptothermal method, but it's also, it's kind of confusing because it's also an umbrella term for other charting met- methods for uh, natural birth control. So for some people, you can't rely on your temperature or your cervical fluid because of one reason or another. So you can only do a fluid-based method or temperature-based method, but it all kind of comes under the umbrella of FAM. Just to clarify, because some people out there probably have no idea that there is a like natural birth control, you know? So like, you know, we're only fertile for, was it five or six days of the week? Yeah, that was, a, that was other part. Yeah. yeah, so like I said at, at the beginning of all this, I didn't know that we weren't fertile 24-7, mm-hmm. you know, every single day of the month. And you're really only fertile around six days a month, depending on yeah. your cervical fluid. So sperm can survive in a fertile vagina for up to five days. And then you add on another day because for the life cycle of your egg, once um, you ovulate, it can only survive for about 12 to 24 hours. So in the end, that's really only six days of being fertile out of the, okay. out of the month. And so with yeah. this, you know, charting and fam, you learn how to chart your your fluid, chart your temperature so you know where you are and you know how close you are to ovulation when you need to start being careful and either abstaining from sex or yeah. using some sort of bear method and then when you are like free to have unprotected sex and not have to worry about it. 
And I would say like, after learning this method, like yeah. I, I haven't had those, those worrisome moments of like, oh, is something going to go wrong this cycle? Because I'm like, no, I knew I know exactly where I am. I know exactly what wow. happened. And it's given me a lot of empowerment and confidence in it. Yeah, I can imagine it takes time to gain that confidence in your body. Because even me, like I, I'm, I'm not charting like that. So I, I know I'm aware of this method. And yet it's, mm-hmm. it still scares me, <laughs> right? Mm. Because it's like you're yeah. not sure in the beginning. But it sounds like it's a great choice and it's very empowering. So what are some of the, I guess, revelations or lessons you've learned from getting to know your body on that deeper level? Yeah, so it's been incredibly empowering. I used to like, I've never really had, you know, really big body image issues or anything like that, but definitely just a lack of confidence in myself. And one surprising thing that I didn't expect, you know, by charting was, you know, as I slowly learned more and more, instead of resenting my body for doing what it was supposed to do, I I started seeing it as like, wow, like this is amazing that my body does this every single month without yeah, me having to do naturally. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and instead of like looking at my body for, oh, I wish I didn't have so much on my hips or, you know, pinching at my stomach or whatever, I was like, no, like I'm amazing. My body's amazing. This is, yeah. and I just, I don't know, it was really cool and it was a slow process and I didn't see it happening as it was happening. It was kind of like after the fact, I looked, mm-hmm. I could look back and see the process of just feeling so much more confident. And I think in, I really wish younger girls could learn this headed into puberty because I think it would give them so mm-hmm. much confidence in just understanding their bodies because I think as girls there we have so many questions yeah. so many questions about our bodies and we don't know who to ask and it's definitely a taboo yeah. topic of I don't want to talk to anyone about this like I'm too embarrassed to go to my mother or a teacher and I think if we're able yeah. to say like this is exactly how your body works this is why it does what it does I think we would have a lot of empowered mm-hmm. girls that would be able to you know stand up for themselves instead of handing off like well I don't know what's going on with my body like this guy probably knows even though they have no clue either and that's such a huge topic because like I remember when I was young and I started my period I was like oh no and I told my mom she's like oh no (laughs) like it's 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 not seen as like a natural empowering thing and it's more it's it's more of like a like it's it's here again like Mm. how annoying like it's it's not taken with that positivity and and we're not embracing our periods in that way. So, no, I totally agree. We need more young girls to be taught this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you find that you have a lot of young viewers on YouTube or are they more like our age, older? What's, what does that look like? Yeah, when I started my channel, I was expecting it to be younger girls. I mean, while I do have a good majority of, you know, girls under 18, I would say the majority of my viewers are like 18 to 34. And so it's Mm -hmm. definitely people around our age. But I, I have kind of seen and maybe it's because I'm kind of dove into this world. But I feel like I've seen more teenage girls who are taking the time to learn about their bodies and like even in my town I'll hear about girls that are you know using cycle charting apps and I just think that's amazing Mm -hmm. because I think back to you know like you said when we first got our periods it was just like the only time you had a conversation about your period with anyone was to complain about it and it was never seen as a positive thing and 
there was just so much I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you ever think of expanding your channel and doing stuff like for schools or I don't know, anything like that? Mm, definitely. When I first kind of started off, was it I think 2014, I traveled over to England to do a facilitator training for a thing called Celebration Day for Girls. Mm. And it was exactly that. It was for girls age 10 to 12, you know, as they were coming into puberty and, you know, either right before they were starting their periods or mm. like around the time they were starting their periods and just teach them this information but teach it in like a positive like inspiring empowering way and it was a program where their mom would come in at the end and it was just a very connecting thing that's really nice yeah Yeah. and so I I would love to you know either get into schools or you know get around to doing that program or a similar program here because I think girls are very curious they're very smart and they're they want to know this information they don't want to be left in the dark yeah I mean this is just this just popped into my head but if you ever want to do like a collaboration where we have a bunch of like female youtubers talk about this and even bring our moms Mm. into the conversation I think that'd be so empowering right just bringing a bunch of females Mm -hmm. together mothers daughters like just you know learning about this stuff I totally agree. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, you know, much more open book nowadays and as I'm older, but I love having conversations with my mom about like menstrual cycles or fertility yeah. or, and she, I've had her on like my channel before and just sat down and asked her questions about it. But yeah, I yeah. think it's, I, I could go on and on and on talking about, you know, periods and menstrual cycles and, and I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a nice thought to be able to open up the conversation because it's mm. like like when we were growing up, it was so taboo and you weren't really, nobody talked about this. It was so hard to just like, I don't know, mention it. Yeah, and I think, um, one more thing, I think especially like moms, like moms want to talk about this, but trying to find a way to broach the subject is an awkward thing. So I think... Yeah. Kind of just making it a normal thing. Yeah. And I think our generation, when you know, we go on to have kids, and we, if we have daughters, we'll be very open and carefree with it. Mm-hmm. Is there like a period day, menstrual cycle day, where we can like <laughs> talk about this stuff and celebrate it? I think you should create one. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there's a day. For, yesterday was like National Margarita Day, which I think is I, weird. There's to a have day and, for everything. I know. This is there's got to be one, but I don't. I if haven't not, looked it you up. You should make it and celebrate it, and I'll mm-hmm. be there with you. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll look into that. Yeah. So you're also like a vegan and you're minimalist, all of these other lifestyles. So, well, let's talk about veganism because you're, you, earlier you said you learned about what you put into your body really like is important and it, it relates to your cycles and stuff. So let's talk about mm-hmm. what are the, I guess, the biggest things you've learned from, from going vegan. Yeah. So I like, I used to eat very unhealthy and I've always had a very fast metabolism. So I've never had to give a second thought to what I put into my body, but it finally clicked at some point in college. I think, yeah, it was my senior year where I just realized I didn't feel good. And I realized that having stomach pain constantly wasn't normal and just like all these things weren't normal. And so I finally, I don't know where it came from because I definitely was not like in that mindset at that age but I was like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna keep Mm -hmm. a food journal and see what I'm eating and how it's making me feel and like from that it was the biggest trigger I found for like my pain and my problems was red meat Mm -hmm. and I like I'm from Iowa I grew up in the country like meat and potatoes and bread sort of girl and but I like didn't even give it a second thought I was like oh yeah I'll just you know I'll get this vegetarian thing a go and I felt 
great after that and then I don't know why I was like (laughs) what the heck let's go completely vegan and I went vegan and actually gluten-free for right before graduation Mm -hmm. and I like I think back to that summer with such with such a positive outlook because I felt amazing like I had so much energy and I just I don't know it's yeah so much energy I just felt physically better I felt my mind felt clearer and it was a it was a good turning point in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I love hearing that because I think more people need to realize that the foods that they eat really like it affects how you feel, not just how you look. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. So I love how like everything in the body is connected in that way, and just be more mindful of the foods that you put into your body. Mm. And then I guess another thing I noticed in relation to my cycle was. So I was on the pill from like the age of 18 until the age of 22, I believe. So about four years. And before I went on the pill, I had like really heavy, long, painful periods. There were like nine days long. And I like I could only use like the super plus tampons. And I went through a lot of my at all. And I don't know, I had a very, I guess I had a very negative outlook on it. Um, And going on the, and that's why I originally went on the pill was to like, I remember telling my mom, like, I'm over this. Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want it to be easier. And they got a little bit better, but I still had really bad cramps. I still had to use Super Plus tampons, and they went to, like, maybe seven-day-long periods. Uh, But once I got off the pill and once I went vegan, like, I have the easiest, chillest periods now, and I'm so grateful for that. They're, like, three to five days, and they're, like, a light to medium flow. That's so interesting that you can change your period just by... Like the diet yeah. and everything. Oh, I totally agree. And everyone everyone is different and everyone is affected by different mm-hmm. foods a different way. And so I never want to be yeah. like, you have to go vegan to be your best self. Like you just, just pay attention yeah. to where you're eating and you'll see what yeah. what isn't, you know, agreeing with your body. Yeah, like you did. Like maybe keep a food journal and note how you feel after eating certain foods. And it's Mm. all about just learning about your body and learning about yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. So what's next for you? Is there anything that you're really excited about right now? Mm. Yeah, so I'm currently working on a new course. And it's kind of, so I have what's called Chart Your Cycle. And it's just, you know, kind of what we've been talking about today, teaching teaching women the simple thermal method um it's just kind of like a very mm-hmm. basic for you know people that are new to fam that want to want to learn how to chart but don't don't know where to start or don't know what information they need to know to actually do it and do it correctly um and i've gotten that's been it's been a great course and it's got a lot of great feedback but i want to kind of expand it to people that you know want to maybe use it for something else or want a more advanced one so I have two two that are in my mind but only one I'm working on right now so the one I'm working on is like chart your cycle for pregnancy and I'll probably hopefully come up with a more exciting name but for women and I find (laughs) that a lot of women discover charting when they've gotten to the point where they're they've come off of birth control because they want to get pregnant and they're and they don't know yeah. anything about their bodies and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and so I want to kind of create something for them to say like, this is, you know, obviously this isn't going to make you pregnant, but this is going to just make you understand your cycle and what needs to happen when. Yeah. And then the other one I want to work on after I get that one done is a kind of advanced chart your cycle for those that are using it for birth control or just, you know, want to learn more about their bodies mm-hmm. and they know the basics of it. They've been charting, but like they want to dig deeper into that. And then I also have like an idea for a workshop I want to do because I'm such like, I'm very good at, you know, being, filming behind a camera alone and then editing my videos and being, 
being behind my computer, but I kind of want to force myself out into the world a bit more and out into public. So things like public speaking, and I really want to create a workshop to where I can get people physically together to talk about these topics because I, you know, I geek out about menstrual cycles and everything. And so what better way to do that than yeah. get people in a room yeah. and force them to listen to me. But <laughs> Yeah, that'll be something... so much fun. I I did my first workshop last month, like first time hmm. doing a live thing, meeting people who like watch my videos. It's it's completely different than than being behind the camera, and it's fun. You should definitely do it. Yeah, who knows if I like it, but I I gotta give it a go. I think you will, cause then you get the energy from the people, and you actually feel like you're connecting, and your information's like getting across to someone. Versus when you're making a video, you don't really know if people are listening、mm-hmm. in a way, right? <laughs> yeah, and I guess like you get, you know, people comment, and you kind of can build relationships through people that you interact with, either on your channel,、mm-hmm. your Instagram. But being able to actually have like a face to it is so yeah. nice. Yeah, it really is. All right. So, lastly, where can our listeners find you online? Yeah. So,、uh, my cha- my YouTube channel is called Femhead, and it's F E M M E H E A D.、Uh, and then I have a website called Femhead dot com, and that's just like my blog, and that's where my courses and coaching everything is.、Uh, and then all of my social media handles are the Femhead because someone already had Femhead, <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't willing、that's、to、funny. give it up. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> alrighty then, everyone. Make sure you check out Victoria at Femhead, her YouTube channel, Instagram, website, and I'll post all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Victoria. Hope you have a great day. I thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye.